Hi, my name is Steve Thomas, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged as together we open God's word and consider how it applies to our lives. I want us to look at Psalm 1, the very first psalm in the Bible. This is the middle of your Bible. If you're new to the Bible, you open it up and in the middle is Psalms. There's 150 of them. It is known as the songbook or the worship guide of the Bible, and it helps us understand how to relate to God. It's poetry. It's beautiful, and it's a good idea. A lot of us read a psalm a day or maybe five psalms a day, just as a way to kind of orient ourselves to who God is. So it would be great for us to look at Psalm 1 today as we think about living a hydrated life. We're going to read the entire psalm. And then we'll come back and talk through the verses. So there's only six of them. Psalm 1. Blessed or blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Would you bow with me for just a moment? Lord, as we've read your word, would you pour it into our lives? Would you let it seep deeply into who we are as we proclaim it? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Verse 1, blessed is the man. Now, this, what this means is to be blessed in Scripture means to live in God's favor. God is acting favorably towards you. He is blessing you. And it says, blessed is the man. And some would say, well, what about the women? Well, the word in Hebrew is the word ish. And what it means is mankind, humankind. It stands for everyone. So don't get bent out of shape that this is a man-centered gospel or a man-centered Bible. Simply to say, blessed is the person living in God's favor. Let me ask you, do you want to live a blessed life in 2020? Does that sound like a really good thing? I would like to know that I'm living in God's favor. Does that feel good to you? This is how the psalmist describes how to do that. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Now, the wicked are the people who would be lawless, who would be criminal, who would say, I don't believe in the law of the Lord, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And remember, this whole psalm we just read, it's really all about how we respond to God's law. You may say, well, that, that sounds really legalistic, right? That sounds regal, a, lot, a lot of lawyer talk here. Understand what God's law is. God's law is God's instruction for living. 
That God's law is not just, well, here's all the rules, here's just the Ten Commandments. No, it's, it's the entire, really, it's the entire Bible. All of Scripture can be considered God's law. And so when we think of how someone relates to God's law, what we're thinking about is how we relate to the Bible. But even deeper than that, remember there's one who perfectly fulfilled the law, and that's Jesus Christ. So when you think about how we relate to the law, what we're thinking about is how we relate to Jesus Christ himself. So as you look at this psalm, keep that in mind. How do I see God's word? How do I see Jesus himself? How do I relate to that? Because this is going to make a huge difference in 2020. So the verse says, blessed is the man who, and get this, he walks not in the counsel of the wicked. That's the criminals, the lawless. In other words, he walks not among those who, who don't believe, don't give no credit to God's word, who would speak to, them, to him about not living as God would want him to live, nor stands in the way of sinners. These are those who miss the mark, stands around people who are sinners, who basically don't value God's word, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. That phrase scoffers is not one we use a lot, that word scoffers, but here's what it means. It means to take something that God intends to be holy and make it trivial or even silly. Something meaningless, something that doesn't matter. That's what a scoffer does. Now, we put this verse together. A lot of times the meaning is this. Well, don't walk in the counsel of the wicked, which means, okay, sounds like I'm just, I'm just walking down the hall at work or at school, right? I'm just kind of walking down the street. Maybe I'm on my daily walk, and I come across some people who have uh, ungodly counsel, wicked counsel, right? And I hear that. So blessed are those who, who walk not in that way, but and then, then it's kind of progressive, right? And, and you hear something ungodly, and so they stand, right? They stop, and they stand, and they listen more, and they take, more, take it more in, and then eventually what? They, they stand there so long, eventually they just sit down and they live in this lawless, scoffing attitude. And that's not a bad meaning because really the overarching idea would be, okay, well, how do we avoid that? Keep walking, right? When you hear something bad, just keep on walking. Or don't walk in that way. Walk a different place. But I want to encourage you, the meaning is much richer than that. Because it really doesn't get to what these words are really saying. Biblically speaking, to walk and how you walk is how you live. It's your lifestyle. It's the decisions that you've made that are lived out. And that lifestyle is a result of the stands that you have taken. See, that word stands means position, hold a position, be in a place. And what he's saying is, Blessed is the man who walks not in the council, who has a lifestyle that's not like the wicked, who, hasn't, who takes stands that are not like the sinners. You see, the stands you take result in the lifestyle that you live. And those stands that you take are a result of the judgments or the decisions that you've made while sitting. See, so to sit scripturally is often associated with judgment. You sit in judgment. And you sit and you make those decisions, and then you take those stands, those positions, and then that's how you walk. So get this. 
the meaning of this verse is you need to start with how you view God's law. If you are a scoffer of God's law, if you trivialize who Jesus is, if you trivialize the word of God, you're going to take stands that are opposed to him and you're going to walk in a way that is different than he would have you walk. You're not going to live the way he would have you live. See the difference? It starts with how you view God's word. Now, here's the thing about this that I want us to make sure that we get. Because right about now, we would say something like, yeah, God, you need to straighten all those people out who are living such awful lives. And I'm so upset about all these sinners out there and about all these people who are doing all these terrible things. In 2020, can we just look at our own sin first? That's what that guy thought. <laughs> Time that perfectly. Church, if you're associated with church, I want to ask you a question. When will we grieve over our own sin at the same level we condemn others for theirs? When will we get to the point when we grieve over our own lack of love, over our own lack of compassion, over our own prideful attitude? over the fact that we gossip or that we disobey God, when will we start to see ourselves and grieve over that before we get to the place when we condemn everyone else for their sexual practice and everyone else for their lying, everyone else for their cheating? When are we going to get to the place where we grieve over our own sin? Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells a story, and I'm just going to share it with you. He says, judge not that you... Be not judged, because the same measure that you judge others, you're going to be judged. He says, listen, you need to get, this is paraphrasing, the log out of your own eye before you try to help someone else with a speck in their eye. See, I think we miss God's blessing for us because we scoff at our own sin because we're so busy looking at other people's sin. And because of that, we miss the opportunity to help anybody. People wring their hands. Well, when is God going to give the church the opportunity to bless other people and to help them with their sin? When is the church going to deal with its own sin? When is that going to happen? Do you grieve over your sin from 2019? Do you grieve over that? Or, do you, or are you more upset with the sin of others? Maybe someone in your life. Maybe how someone's wronged you. We need to get the log out of our own eye. So we can be a blessing to others. I want to encourage you to do that in 2020. The scoffer says, oh, that sin of mine is no big deal. Because of that, we take positions that are ungodly and we don't walk in the way that we should. Remove the log so we can truly help others. So on one hand, you have the scoffer who resists God's law, who resists Jesus in reality, who doesn't allow God's law to permeate, God's word to permeate their lives. Oh, but in verse 2, I love this. It says, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. 
His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on, on his law, he meditates day and night. What do you think about? What do you think about? What do you delight in? See, the psalmist is saying the one who lives in God's favor, lives a blessed life, his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's what he gets excited about. That's what he thinks about all the time. It's what he meditates over. What do you think about? You know, when you've you got that little extra moment at the stoplight, you got that little extra time when you're waiting for someone, you're waiting for something, you have that little time in there, what do you think about? What's your go-to daydream? What do you think about first? See, to meditate is to let it permeate your life. Let God's word permeate your life. I want to encourage you to take this verse, verse 2. Write it on a card. Put it in your pocket. Put it on a post-it note on your dashboard, your screen, on your mirror, somewhere to say, I want to remember this, and I want to think about this first. His delight is in the law of the Lord and on it, and he meditates on it day and night. That's what you have to think of first is the greatness of God. Or you can meditate, we're going to be doing this in a couple of weeks, on the attributes of Jesus and just think simply about Jesus Christ has saved someone like me. He had this reckless love for me and he came after me. And you can think about that. Because let me tell you, if you don't start thinking like that, you won't ever finish thinking like that. Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People was a famous kind of business consultant and author back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and, and he used to do this, um, he used to do this demonstration, and it was, a, it was really effective, you've probably seen it, where he would get a jar, and it would get some sand and some pebbles, and he'd get some big rocks, and the sand or the pebbles were just uh, to, to um, illustrate, these are the little things that you have to do in life, all the little things, all the little things, and then he had the big rocks, right? And on the big rocks were written things like family, vacation, uh, career accomplishments, uh, children, all those things. Those were, those were the big rocks. And he would ask the people, he'd pour the, pour the sand in first. He said, these are the little things you have to do. And then he'd say, okay, now put in the rocks that are important to you, but you can't go over the rim of the jar. And so you know what happens is that they can never get all the big rocks in, Right. So the message, and then he would say, all right, well, listen, let's start with an empty jar. Let's put the big rocks in first, and then you can pour all the sand and the gravel in it, and it all fits. The message that Covey used to say is, if the big rocks don't go in first, they aren't going to fit in later. Great message for 2020, but let me tell you this. Meditating on Jesus and his word is the biggest rock. Meditating on Jesus and his word is is absolutely the biggest rock. If you don't start with that, you're never going to get to it. If you don't start with that before you open Facebook, you're never going to open it. If you don't start with that before you go to Twitter, you're never going to open it. If you don't start with that before you go to TikTok or whatever it is that you do on social media, you're never going to get there. If you don't start with that before you start texting, you're never going to get there. If you don't start that before you turn on the TV, you're never going to get there. If you don't start that before you call, you're never going to get there. You have to start with, I want to meditate on God's Word. 
I want to meditate on who Jesus Christ is and the fact that he has given me his spirit to live inside of me. You have to think about that. Let that be take root and be a part of your life. If you don't, it's never going to happen. It's not something you, you kind of throw in at the end of the day. It's something that needs to be a part of your thought life. Now watch what happens as a result, verse 3. Look at this picture. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. Get this picture. Someone who is hydrated, right, by the word of God. He says this person who meditates and delights in God's law, what is, he's like a tree planted by streams of water. It's not just like a tree by a river. It's a tree planted with great irrigation. It's a tree planted with great irrigation. Think of a tree. It's planted. It's solid. It's not moving. And it constantly has a water source, which means it will grow and be established. Would you like to be a tree in 2020? And what does, that, what does that tree do? It produces what it's supposed to produce. It does what God made it to do. It helps others know him. It produces disciples. It does amazing things. Why? Because it's a tree planted by streams of water. That's what meditating on God's word and on Jesus does for you. Listen, next week we're going to talk about making him known. It's really hard to make him known if you don't really know him. And the only way you can really know him is by meditating on Jesus and his word. As, Jesus, as Julie said earlier, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. It's a daily journey, a daily walk. So he produces fruit, but also his, his leaves do not wither. I love that. Scripturally, leaves and leaves being uh, vibrant and effective really refer to this idea of faith. It's an indication of faith. And so what he's saying is your faith does not wither. I mean, let's not raise our hands, but did, did your faith wither a little bit in 2019 a couple times? You kind of ran out of faith. You kind of ran out of juice. And you kind of said, God, I, I'm worn out here. I don't, I don't know if I can go on. And I, I do, I believe in vacation and I believe in time away. But here's what he says. If you constantly meditate on Jesus and his word, you delight in it, your faith is not going to wither. See, no matter what the rest of the climate is, no matter if there's rain or not, if you meditate on God's word and on who Jesus is, your faith will prosper and will not wither. And he says, in everything he does, he prospers, meaning that the tree does what it was made to do, and it will prosper in that. doesn't mean that you're going to be a gazillionaire. Don't say, you know, Pastor Steve said, if I think about God's word, and I'm just going to have, I'm going to prosper. No, here's what he's saying. You're going to prosper spiritually. Going to be effective in what Jesus has called you to do and to be. Would you like to be that in 2020? Would you like to be that? Look at the reverse of this. See, the hydrated life is stable, productive, and faithful in all conditions, but look at what the wicked life is like. Verse 4 The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Here's what he means. The wicked are like chaff. You know what chaff is? You grow wheat. It dries. You put it out on the threshing floor. 
you beat it up, and then you toss the grain into the air, and the wind comes and blows away the chaff. That's kind of how they would process grain. The chaff is the husk or the waste part of the grain. Literally, the chaff is the trash. So really, the picture here is you can either choose to be a tree or you can choose to be trash. Do you want your life to matter and be stable and consistent and productive, or you just want it blown away out at the dump? Think about that for a moment. Want to be a tree, or do you want to be trash? I'd rather be a tree. I'd rather be hydrated constantly by God and his word. And I'd like to see produce happen from my life. Verse 6 says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And here's what he's saying. God is aware of and is helpful in your way when you are meditating on his word and delighting in his word. But every other way is going to perish. See, here's what the thing is. You can't be somewhere in between. You either scoff at Jesus and his word or you delight in Jesus and his word. You either reject it or you delight in it. And if you don't intentionally delight in God's word, you're really missing out and kind of rejecting You know, I, I want us to be hydrated in 2020. I want to be hydrated. I want you to be hydrated in 2020. I don't want you to have a bunch of spiritual headaches, to have some spiritual heart problem. I want us to be hydrated in 2020. See, if you hydrate with Jesus and his word, you can live in God's favor in 2020. How does that sound? How does that sound? just a moment, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask our praise team to come and lead us in a song, come to the altar, and I want to invite you to come to the altar. Say, Steve, I don't really want to do that. I'm really comfortable here, and I don't really know what that means. Here's what it means. I would like to start the year at the altar saying, Jesus, I want to live this life hydrated, this year hydrated with your word. Some of you, this is already where you are. I want you to be first down here to pray. If this is who you are, this is how you live your life, I want you to be the first because I'd like us to gather at the altar to say, Jesus, I want to live this year hydrated. I don't want to live walking in this way that doesn't honor you. I don't want to scoff and not even let your word permeate my life. Rather, Jesus, I want to live in such a way that I'm constantly hydrated by your word. Would you do that? After I pray, I want you to join us down here. And we're going to pray together. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If this message spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or on social media. Just tag us at First Baptist Del Rey. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to fbcdelray.com. Hope to see you again next time. God bless. <laughs>